almost ignoring and and where it's not being ignored there's definitely a tremendous distraction about what's going on with the exoneration of michael flynn and all of its implications this is wild what's going on talk to us a little bit about that jordan so this is uh it's been an exciting week for anyone mm -hmm. who's been following the russia hoax the russia collusion story mm -hmm. you know, we were told for three years that president trump was an agent of russia and the reason right. he got elected is because he got the help of putin and his team was all messed together with uh, russia and um one of the people who got pulled into that investigation um by the obama administration and the fbi was uh, lieutenant general michael flynn who uh, at one time served in Obama's administration uh, as his um, defense intelligence director. So he was like the intelligence spy chief over like the Department of Defense. And okay. he served Obama. He um, was forced into retirement. They really butted heads on a lot of things. Uh, mm. uh, Michael Flynn would speak out about um, like the public story that apparently the Obama administration was giving to people about Al Qaeda kind of dying off and General Flynn was mm. like, well, that's not true. And uh, just all sorts of stuff. So anyway, they, he, he was basically forced into retirement. Well, then Trump comes along and recruits him as his, uh, like a foreign policy advisor, later right. went on to become his um, national security advisor, a role in his okay. administration. Well, it only lasted about 23 days, uh, like the shortest tenure in a presidential administration ever um, wow. when he was fired. And um, kind of like what happened essentially is we know that a lot of the people on Trump's team were under investigation. They were being illegally spied on, essentially. Right. And um, they had been uh, surveilling Flynn as well, thinking that he, too, was involved with the Russians and everything. The FBI was preparing to close out his case uh, in January of 2017, having said that they found like no derogatory information to continue to in investigate him. Mm -hmm. and so like this week, uh, some documents were released of the FBI, their handwritten notes and mm -hmm. texting them that they were getting ready to close it in FBI agent Peter Strzok, who was also in the Russia collusion mess. Yep. Text and say it's don't close it. The seventh floor wants to keep it open. The seventh floor meaning like the former director of the FBI, James Comey, and Andrew McKay, right. second in command. They want to keep it open. And um, so they wanted to keep it open. And they came and did an interview with Michael Flynn and um, interviewed him, I think like in January 2017. So this is like right when President Trump and his team take office. And right. So, so Jordan, if I may, so for those who don't know, I don't, I don't want to gloss over this part. What do you mean illegally spying? Because some people really don't understand that the circumstances under which we mentioned it in one of our podcasts before, a lot of people don't understand. So a quick recap of what you mean by illegal spying and how that was the crux of what um, got this whole Russia uh, hoax going. Yeah. 
So there was an individual in um, Trump's campaign, a lower level guy named George Papadopoulos. He was a foreign policy advisor on Trump's team. And apparently like a friendly for foreign government person comes to you know the US and says, this guy, George Papadopoulos, he met with someone and they said that they can give him dirt on Hillary Clinton. Oh. And um, yeah. so the FBI used that to open up an investigation on the Trump team saying, oh, they're working with Russia or whatever. Um, that, that moved into the fact that Hillary Clinton and the Democratic National Committee, they hired an opposition research company named Fusion GPS to begin to get opposition research on Trump. Um, but this turned out to be, they hired this guy named Christopher Steele, a British spy. He started putting right. memos filled with information about Trump and his campaign, how they're definitely connected to Russia. You might remember this got leaked uh, to the press before President Trump got elected. It's talking about him being in Moscow with prostitutes and all sorts of crazy stuff. Right, right. Golden showers and all kind of crazy stuff. Crazy stuff. Um, and it was a selective leak to the media that really like launched this whole like Russia hysteria. And um, the Steele dossier, the FBI took this as their primary source of evidence to go before mm -hmm. a FISA court, which is basically the court that allows the FBI to spy on American citizens, because otherwise it's illegal. Right. So right. It's and, call me, and call me lie, call, call me downplayed and said it really didn't play. Like he, he, he pretended that it wasn't central to the investigations launching. Right. So they've said all along, oh, the Steele dossier wasn't what we used to open up the investigation. And that's a lie because we're starting to get right. the documents declassified. They definitely use this as the bulk of their evidence to get spy warrants for Trump's campaign, mm -hmm. knowing that the information in these, these memos from this spy were false. So they right. looked to the court to begin to surveil spy on Trump's campaign. So that's why it's illegal. So... Anyway, that just, it was just crazy, but Flynn got pulled into that and the FBI essentially, they go to interview him. He's like four days into the Trump administration. They call him up. They, um, they discourage him from having counsel and they right. don't inform the White House, nor do they inform the Department of Justice that they're going to interview General Flynn. This is like really out of protocol. And right. the former director of the FBI is even on camera during his book tour. Someone said, well, how did those agents go to interview Flynn? And he said, well, I sent them. And he's like, yeah, he's I sent them over there. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, I wouldn't normally get away with something like that. But because the Trump uh, campaign was so unorganized, we just thought we'd try it. So right. what they went, they called up uh, Flynn and because they leaked, first of all, his transcripts of calling the Russian ambassador because- Sergey Kislyak, right? Kislyak, yeah. Because it's like his counterpart in Russia. Because think about it, his job in the administration is going to be working with foreign governments and, in, and advising right. Trump. So prior to taking office, you have a two-month transition period for the new team to kind of start getting their bearings and start getting in touch with other governments. Because mm -hmm. you don't want to come in on day one and be like, oh, here we are, like we got a call. Right. So he had a call with the Russian ambassador, which was like totally above board call, totally normal. Uh -huh. But um, somebody illegally leaked the transcripts to the media. We still don't know who it was, but a lot of people think that it was the CIA, CIA director at the time, John Brennan, leaked this call to mm -hmm. the media 
they write a whole story about um, General Flynn is undermining Obama's current sanctions on Russia and just right. trying to do sneaky deals with Russia before they come into the office, right? So right. this is a crazy thing. They leak stuff selectively to the media to get a narrative going and then mm -hmm. use that to continue their investigation. Mm. So they leak the phone call, then they call him up and say, we see, you, we want to talk to you about this, this media story about you calling Russia. Flynn wow. on the call, well, you've already been surveilling me, so you know what I said on the call. Like, yeah, he said that, yeah. <laughs> that's like hilarious to me. But they come anyway, they ask him questions about it. He's really like, you know, I've made a ton of calls to all sorts of governments. I really can't remember exactly what I said on the call to you know, the Russian ambassador, blah, 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 blah. Long story short, they're basically trying to catch him in a perjury trap. They're trying to get him to lie right. because right. they didn't bring the and, did, and, and, and for context though, Jordan, did, did, isn't it on record now that documents are being released and coming out that they actually said that that was their agenda to get him to lie? Yes. To so, perjure himself? Yeah. Yes, in the handwritten notes. Um, it was a handwritten, that's how you know they have hubris. Who writes that and keeps it on file? get yeah. this guy to lie and then like it's just there around it's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy it's crazy they're like what is our intention to get him to lie or to get him fired like they're writing right. things so they're setting up a three-star general who served this country for 33 years who served mm -hmm. in the administration at the highest security clearances why did they do it yeah, that's what I was going to say. He wow. knows where all the bodies are buried, right? Like, he wanted to come mm -hmm. in as Trump's national security advisor and audit all the intelligence agencies because wow. there's 17 mm -hmm. intelligence agencies. And, and do you know mm -hmm. that they don't get independently audited for their funding and what they do with it and all sorts of stuff? Interesting. Yeah, and he served at the highest level, so he knows stuff, right? He knows, yeah. Yeah, he, he knows the stuff. He got the goods. And he was not a fan of Hillary Clinton. Oh, yeah. He, he famously uh, said that she should be jailed at the Republican convention. And he did. He led the chant of lock her up, which... Uh-huh. See, and... and oh, wow. Just, yeah, just to be honest, that's, I, I think even beyond all the stuff that you talk about, Jordan, he made himself enemies that night. Like, Hillary is... I mean, she was the strength of the Democratic Party, especially during that time, you know, when they were running for the, uh, right. for the candidacy and everything like that for president. And I believe that he made himself a lot of enemies that night. And, you know, you mess with Hillary, I'm, I'm glad he's still alive. Just to be, just to be honest, you know what I'm right. saying? That's a true story. That's a true story. Um, yeah, I think he made a lot of enemies. And I think, you know, the fact that uh, the Obama administration had been carrying out uh, basically legal surveillance of a presidential candidate using mm. the primary information which was paid for by Hillary Clinton. Right, right. A lot of people a lot of people don't know that or, or, or kind of overlook that that the Steele dossier was opposition research funded by Hillary Clinton and the DNC to begin with. Exactly. And that and that before Comey and these guys went forth with this information to obtain the FISA warrant, they were advised by the intelligence agencies that it was not credible and it was questionable to begin with. And they, and they really built their case on that. Right. And so they definitely didn't need Trump to have a national security advisor looking in to the investigation that they had launched prior to his presidency. Mm. Yeah, good chess move by Trump, though. 
<laughs> so, I mean, that's crazy. So anyway, you know, all this sort of crazy stuff happened. He got fired, you know, and he ended up pleading guilty to providing false information, but yeah, the government has now, um, has completely dropped the case against him because at the time that he pleaded guilty, he had one set of lawyers who were basically in cahoots with the government. They were not on having his best interest in mind. And mm. also the government was not, uh, you know, producing documents, which is called Brady material, which is a sculptory information evidence that's in favor of the defendant. So they weren't turning huh. over these handwritten notes. They kept saying it's all hidden. They all like, we can't find it. It doesn't exist. And so he pled guilty, but also, they were basically threatening his son as well with jail. So I yeah. mean, they were yeah. coming at him. He had to sell his house. He had $7 million in lawyer bills. Like, Jeez. can you imagine? So like, he just, wow. like, people plead guilty to stuff they didn't do all the time, right? right? And so he pled guilty to that, but just this week, yeah, no, that happens. the government has dropped their entire case saying that basically the FBI withheld information that they should have turned over. Um, right. They totally broke all this protocol because they were ready to close the investigation on January 4th until right. me and other people said, keep it open. And then they go and interview him. So the interview that they had with him when they come and sit down with him, it, there was no predicate for that interview. There was no purpose for it. They didn't have a legal reason to interview him at that time. So mm. that happens in that interview doesn't matter, even if he lied. You know what I'm saying? So, right. uh, so the government just totally dropped the charges against him. And um, it's, it's, a, it's a great thing for justice. You know, the fact that the FBI ruined this man's life, his reputation, right. the media yeah. was complicit. And you still have people who are saying that now that he's, you know, basically getting justice that, oh, now justice is not being served in our country. Right. So um, this is a huge story. And um, right. So what, what, what are the implications of this? So what I think that this is, is like people who've been following the Russia collusion story, we've just been like kind of chugging uphill, 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 like trying to get the truth out, the truth out, because the media has one version of this, right? Trump right. definitely working with Russia. Yeah, and, right. like, and, they, and they never recant despite, I mean, listen, if, if in, a, in a context of a fair media in any sense of the word, handwritten, you know, it's funny, as, as, this, uh, as this show progresses, we're going to get into another aspect of justice, of course, but you talk about fairness and justice. It's like we have the FBI on record saying they're setting someone up. That's like major historical news. Like stuff like that doesn't come out every day in the time while it's happening. Later, we find out things right. about Hoover or this or the Kennedys or whatever. It's so major for something like this to be quote unquote caught real time. Yeah. And it's practically nowhere in mainstream media. Yeah. Right? I think like the implications are just like, we've just been really fighting against these fake narratives. And the fact that he's mm. exonerated, it's just like downhill from here because like, yeah, like justice is really on its way for these individuals because they can't hide behind these things anymore. And the right. reason this information is coming out is because Trump finally has been able to get people in place in these positions like Richard Grinnell, who's now- Like Grinnell. Mm -hmm. 
So he's, he's forcing the release of these documents, which prior to people in those uh, positions were holding back. So right. it's just like breaking forth. Like there's also all the transcripts of um, the, all the people who were interviewed during the Russian investigation have also been released. And right. that's crazy too, because all those people are on record saying they didn't have any evidence of on record coordinating with Russia, right. like in their interviews, but right. yet on TV, they're like the CIA director and you know, the, all the, right. Or like we have evidence. Adam Schiff's like we we definitely have evidence. And now right, I was just about to say, things. like the, the yeah, documents well, show that they admitted with their own mouths, right? That they found nothing irregular, no evidence. But on TV daily, they were pushing this Russian narrative. Yeah. But for you guys listening, the American people, you don't gotta like Trump, but you should really ask yourself why. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, because I feel like, you know, the, the narrative that's been written about Trump for four years has been mostly written by people who are covering their crimes. And, right. And I mean, don't take our word for it. You can go read these transcripts for yourself. There's like for sure transcripts. You can go read the, uh, the government's motion to dismiss uh, Flynn's case and the reasons that they've done it. And um, it's just like, you're right. We're living through like a crazy political scandal, like bigger than Watergate, bigger than anything. Mm -hmm. And uh, a lot of people don't even know about it. And it's like happening it's true. right now. Yeah. It's right. true. Right. You ask people, people, you know, like, man, you know, I, I pray that 2020 is a metaphor for vision. Yeah. And my, I, I don't hope to, I don't hope that people come to see things the way we see them necessarily. But I do hope and pray that people come to at least be able to look at what actually happened concerning the things that are going on and come to a determination for themselves at the very least, because you may come to a different conclusion, but there's some things that you can't refute. The FBI is saying on record, Hey, we set this guy up. Yeah. Which way are we going to get him?" Right? Like that's not something you can like argue or debate. This is factual and it may not determine how you vote, um, but I think the American people need this information and I think they need this perspective. Yeah. And I think people are going to be arrested. So just like, be yeah, that's yeah. These, yeah, that's, that's the thing, right? These aren't, these aren't just sneaky things. These are crimes. Yeah. Like full on crimes. And there is a full on criminal investigation. Like we know for a fact, grand juries have been impaneled in DC. Like we know people are being subpoenaed right now. And um, John Durham is the attorney heading that up. And I believe that that uh, investigation is going to be completed this summer. So I just think it's going to be crazy from here on out. Cause it's like, this stuff is just like coming all, coming all out all of a sudden. So. Mm -hmm. Indeed. Indeed. So what is your expectation? What's your timeline? If you have to take a guess of your timeline expectation of when we start seeing kind of like the house of cards proverbially crumble and people get arrested. What do you think? How far away are we? Also interesting before you answer that is like, remember when the Trump administration was going through all of this stuff? Every time somebody was in a coffee shop drinking coffee with someone, it was front page headline news. Every move, every time somebody was spoken to by someone, every time something questionable came out about where someone was or whatever, you know, um, it was like the news. And I just, it's just so wicked i'm gonna go beyond like oh it's interesting it's just so wicked that these same people will manipulate the american people here this is not about trump it's about justice and fairness and elections and all of these noble things uh -huh. and now that it goes against the narrative it is uh you know they're largely silent about it man yeah 
I don't know. I, I, I don't want to give a timeline because I feel like predictions can just be like, you never know. Like, right. the wheels no of doubt. justice move so slowly. And like, if you've been tracking this story for like three years, you're like, when are these people going to get arrested? Right, for sure. But like, for I sure. do feel like it's so much closer because obviously if Durham really does wrap up his investigation this summer, I don't think it ends with a report to the American people. I think it ends with indictments. You right. know, so... I mean, I think I think we might have something before the election. That's just right. a prediction, but I don't know. But I also think this is just the start of revelations of criminality within government. Like this is like a snowball. You start with these FBI individuals, then you begin to see like, but who authorized it and like why right. are they trying to hide things? What else was going on? So I think this is just the start and there's like so much more to come. Yeah, and, and FYI, we don't have to turn this into a whole uh, extended conversation, but the evidence and the documents really points to Obama knowing about all of this activity. Um, yeah. He absolutely knew. I mean... 100%. So, so me and, and Jordan, have you guys been following this Amon Aubrey killing, which we are... Uh, the more we learn, it's... It, for people, they're already persuaded. I don't know yet. Um, but the Ahmad Orby killing, some are calling it a murder. Have you guys been following that? Absolutely. Um, I've been following it and uh, just want to first say, um, of course, our heart goes out to, uh, you know, his family and uh, the individuals sure. involved that are affected closely by his death. I mean, everybody behind screens are given their opinion, um, but let's, let's make no mistake, those that are closely affected are his family. And we, pray that, we are praying that justice is served, but my question is still, is there a fatal flaw, a extreme problem with wanting more evidence and facts? Because when I hmm. say that, you know, I'm automatically accused for not, quote unquote, stand my brother or standing up for black people's plight. Right. It's just like, no, no, don't get me wrong. Listen, listen, listen. If this is something racial, if this is if, if this man was murdered and he was 100% innocent, um, even if it was complicated, I need more details to come out, mm. and I want justice justice to be served once I know the details. Uh, so, what do you what do you guys think about that? Have you seen um, you know getting people getting pushed back from for wanting more evidence to come out? I've I've seen a tremendous amount of. Uh, fighting in the Christian conservative movement, uh -huh. in the conservative movement itself. Um, a lot of Christians who might have been more closed-minded to social justice in general, I see reaching out to say, hey, listen, this looks bad. Let me be the first to acknowledge I'm still growing. I'm still trying to learn, which I appreciate. I would never discourage that. If you felt like you've dealt with rep, um, uh, race relations from a place of ignorance or callous, I'm all for you showing that kind of humility and capitulation. I would not discourage that. Uh -huh. But I cannot get away from what the Bible says about prudence. 18.3 of, of, of the book of Proverbs, Proverbs 18.3, if you answer a matter before you hear it, it is folly and shame. And yeah. so there's like this little fight in among the black conservative movements who are popular, among the black conservative figures who are popular, and people are being called, like, they, you know, being accused of, quote, unquote, caping for white people, trying to appease their white audience because they're saying, um, uh, you know, I just, want, I just want more information. For some people, it's clear cut because 
anybody who watched the video or been following the news, the video starts, I think it's a 37 second video. One car cuts the guy off, another car's coming up on him, guy in the back of the pickup truck, they got guns. Um, they, when they cut the guy off, he runs, they go off camera for a minute, come back on camera. Oh, the guy has a shotgun. He runs around the, uh, the, the, the uh, deceased, right? Runs around the car, uh, gets, uh, you know, starts trying to tussle with the guy with the shotgun, gets shot a couple times, and he's now dead. And, you know, I'm, I've been caught out there. So this is, this is not about white or black for me to begin with. It's about my own willingness to believe the worst about things and been wrong, my own willingness to believe the best about things and I've been wrong. And so I just want to exercise prudence because I've seen situations that look one way from a, from a limited um, vantage point on a video and I, it, it's turned out that I've been wrong. So, I, so and let me say this last part, Meech, and you can weigh in, and oh, Jordan, you as well. I think you can still push for the investigation and to get to the bottom of it with the same fervor. You can protest, you can make demands, you can call your local officials, you can do everything while still acknowledging that you don't know what happened off of that camera. And some people say it doesn't matter, they chased them down. I'm like, oh, it depends on what the citizens arrest laws say and what he was witness doing. And because the police reported the New York Times says that he was on camera doing this or that, which we don't know if, whether or not it's true yet. Yeah, because, I mean, my thing is, like, information matters. It matters everywhere, in all walks of life, so why wouldn't it matter here? You know, mm -hmm. if the evidence came out that we, now, I'm not saying that this is, this, there's any evidence that leads to this, but what if something comes out to where, you know, it's proven that the, um, the young man um, did something very egregious to the individuals before they chase him down? Or what if we find out information that the man was just walking, doing nothing, and then they just hunted him down and killing him? Aren't those two different, you know, narratives? Doesn't that bring different emotions to it? Doesn't that bring mm. a different conclusion to it? So that's mm. why the facts and the information does matter. And that's why somebody like me and many others are not saying like, hey, there's nothing to react about. No, there is something to react about right now. Mm. What we see is that a man was apparently chased down he was black. He was killed by two white individuals. Mm -hmm. My understanding is that this is just now going to investigation. So my biggest problem is why wasn't this investigated from the very beginning? Why did it take? Why outrage? now? This happened. This happened in February, months ago. Exactly. Why did it take outrage and, and, and for social media to make it so big? It seems like that was the only reason why it was it was investigated. So that's what I'm having more of an issue with. Just to be honest. And I want to get down to the bottom of why did it take so long for it to be investigated? But facts coming out and information coming out, we should want that. That's what we should yearn for. If right. I'm in a situation, and I say this last thing, if I'm in a situation where I hurt somebody or I harm somebody and that's all you see, I would hope that you would wait for all of the information to be released before you judge what I did. And it, color or not, color or not. That's a good point. Right, right. Because, because, I don't think many people look at that, though. I don't think many people say, well, I could be the one who looks like I'm doing something wrong, and I would hope that, you know, the presumption of guilt, people wouldn't jump to the presumption of guilt. Mm. Yeah. So, so, so Jordan, what are, what are your thoughts from the perspective of, because you've seen a little bit of what people are saying about each other. People feel like, you know, uh, uh, white Christians or white conservatives are always so quick 
to make excuses for white violence on black people. Mm -hmm. um, what have you seen? What, do you, what are your thoughts? How do you feel about that? Well, you know, for me, I really, I don't generally watch videos of like people fighting and, and like shootings. I, 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 for better or for worse, I just try not to watch them, but I did watch right. the video and it kind of left a lot of questions in my mind of like, what's really going on? Like what happens when the video, like, you know, like pans off the screen and it was kind of confusing to me, but it, it was concerning to me that these men felt like they could just like chase this guy down yeah. so but then i learned like georgia has like uh so you can make citizens arrest legally so right. like you have to see a crime being committed you know right. but then like even then did they see a crime like i don't know if they did but right. even if they did like do you have to shoot someone and right. then some other people have said well he was shot because he was tussling with a man with a gun and the right that's what happened i don't know but i agree right. with both of you that um we we have to have information before we just make these blanket statements of or like make final conclusions right right <laughs> i've been a little right. like i noticed very quickly like on instagram or facebook is just like all this flood of people's posts of like i run with this guy like i don't know what that was like everyone right yeah I, I run with a mod i run with a mod i think that's yeah. the hashtag or something like that i just noticed like just like this flood of posts from people who don't generally post anything about like politics or yeah. culture or right. anything. and i'm not saying you can't have an anything substantive right right i'm not saying you can't have an opinion on things but it's just like i i feel that sometimes there's like a and i'm not saying his case is is not important but it kind of seems like there becomes a narrative of like this is the most important thing that everyone needs to talk about right now yep yeah and, and if you ever talk about things to do with justice ever right so it sort of right. like and a lot of the posts were the same of like not not seeking information and answers but just straight out like police brutality or white people being raised right. it was no like let's seek to understand it was already minds were made up and this was coming from christians and that concerned me and and, and right. here's the thing it's like it's your prerogative if this is the time where it's finally like you know the you know the needle that broke the camel's back and now all of a sudden you're a social justice warrior <laughs> that's if that's what took place right. it, it happens but you know it's like um it's very like just to hear Jordan talk about it, you know, automatically just from what we're seeing, two individuals chased a man down and killed him and he was unarmed and he looked helpless. You know what I'm saying? And it was very tragic and very sad. And my my natural, you know, thought processes is just why did this happen? How did right. this happen? But still, people have a problem with me, Voss and Jordan, because the first thing I don't just jump to was a modern-day lynching. The first thing that I jump to is this man was brutally murdered. That's what I look at. That's what I see. I don't automatically see this. I don't automatically see skin color, even though I know that there is a chance that that could have been a factor. Right, it's possible that that could be, yeah, for sure. 
And if it is, man, you know what I'm saying? Let's make sure we get justice. Let's most make sure we break this down and we do something about this. But people talk they're gonna do they gonna do something about this. But at the same time, Six Nine just dropped a, a, a song last um, last night, and everybody was playing that joint. You know what I'm saying? And everybody loving you know the violence that comes from from from, from the culture. And mm -hmm. Other and outlets with black violence. So it's just like, what are we really doing here? Do we really want to change? Is this really going to spark a change? What, spark a change for us to talk about only when white people kill us, but it's okay for us to kill each other every single day? Like, I don't know, right. y'all. I don't know. I'm a little emotional today, but about and, I, and I'm going to say something piggybacking on what Jordan said that I think has nothing to do with race, because I've seen it every time a hashtag becomes popular. Remember Stop Coney hashtag? Mm, yeah. Remember hashtag bring back our girls? Yeah. And it's yeah. like, these the, the the injustices are not so much of I, I have no issue with people seeking justice for any reason right but i do have a problem that every day injustices are happening that can be witnessed viewed talked about and discussed but the occurrences of violence or injustice that people talk about it seems like it's being directed by a puppet master Mm. Like, they told us when to care about Coney and bring oh. back our girls. These things are happening in these countries all the time. People are oppressed in different foreign lands or whatever have you. And it's like, I, yeah, I absolutely do. I can even, even if I believe that it's a, it's a gross injustice, I still think that, you know, we should really be on guard. Because as much, I, I, don't, I, I don't know anybody that I would talk to if I asked if they trust the media that they would say yes. I don't think people generally trust the media, but I think it's easy to trust the media when they feed you something to satisfy something in you. Mm. Like, I don't trust the media. Look, what the, look, even the media said. And so I just, I just think we need to be on guard and, and understand that people understand what topics get what people riled up. And um, yeah, and like I said, I still think you can push for investigations, you can push for finding out the facts with the same fervor, the same indignation, without the presumption of, 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 of thinking you know what happened um, and it, when it concerns something you can't prove. Yeah. Right. Because if, if uh, and let me make this clear, if they, if they saw, if they did not see that man committing a crime, they murdered him. If they suspected him of committing a crime, they murdered him. Yeah. If it's mistaken identity, that's still your fault. You murdered that man because you wanted to be a hero. If they did not, the only, the main distinction for me is whether they saw it or not. It's not even whether or not he was a criminal because you're not a cop. You have to have, you have to be an eyewitness to the crime. And if that happened, which the police report alleges, and even to the point where it's alleged to be on video, um, but and if and if that's not the case, then I think they should be prosecuted to the fullest Absolutely. extent of the law, for sure. And you know me, I'm always like, I'm not just with the marching. Let's just talk about people being armed to protect themselves. And I know that some people in our audience, because it's a Christian audience, excuse me, a lot of us uh, who are Christians are firearm owners and, and we practice and all of that. But I know some people get a little bit uncomfortable with that. But I do think that this is this is the point. Yeah. If you feel like your community is under siege, no matter what community it is, if you feel like your community is under siege, I, I, am, I just can't understand the logic in looking to the same 
establishment that you distrust to do everything for you that you think you need to do. And of course, again, I never get away from the fact that as a black man, like I've suffered injustices communally that I feel like nobody ever said was wrong. Yeah. Fatherlessness is an injustice. Yeah. You know, the Bible tells us to remember the orphans and the widows, right? So I see a bunch of things that I feel like there should be some daily indignation for that's just missing sometimes. Yeah, and then you have the whole, um, you know, if you don't talk about this and you're not a Christian, I, let, let me give me, look, look, here, here's the thing. What we witnessed in that video was awful, okay? Awful. Awful. And am I saying that people should not talk about that? No. But I think that people should talk about when they're having drag women, well, drag men on poles twerking in front of three and five, four, five, and six-year-olds. Right. I think people should talk about that, but they don't. Right. You know, right. if I, am, I, am I ready to go out there and say that you're no, no longer a Christian because you don't talk about You don't this? care about children. Right. You know what I'm saying? Maybe, you know, maybe there's something that's, that's having you, you know, have some reserve about that situation. Maybe you don't believe it, or maybe you have a cousin who was a drag queen. I don't know. The, right. the fact of the matter is, like, when we take this situation, if it comes out that this was a modern-day lynching, and all you guys who us, awesome, you were you were great. But if it comes out that this wasn't a modern-day lynching, and mm -hmm. even these two individuals can still be just as guilty as this crime, whether it was a modern-day lynching or if they just killed them because they had some beef, regardless. Mm -hmm. When the final conclusion is made, if you're wrong and, if, and it wasn't a, a modern-day lynching, will you take that back? How much energy does that provide for us, you know, to really wow. wake up in the morning and our kids believing that people are still being lynched today when we don't have all the evidence? Mm. You wow. Know you, know, I've, you know, I've never seen, and maybe it exists, I'm just saying I've never seen it. I've never seen one apology for believing Jesse Smollett, mm. right? Because, I, you know, I've seen all kinds, I've seen Christians say all kinds of things. You know, when, when, when the killing happened in Houston and the, the guy in the red hat shot the little girls and it turned out to be gang violence, there were Christian rappers like, stop killing us, right? Like these wholesale indictments of white people and stuff like that with the Jussie Smollett case also. I didn't see anybody give a, a, an accounting or a reckoning for that. Mm. To say, yo, racism is real. I jumped to conclusions. My apologies. Mm. You know, when you're wrong, you're supposed to give it an account. If you have an audience and you've spoken wrongly, I believe it's important to be accountable to that. And again, like this is not a presumption of guilt or innocence. I, I, I look at it three ways. They could have Nazi flags in their basement. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. That man could have been caught on camera committing a crime. I would not be surprised. They could have thought the man was somebody who committed a crime in this mistaken identity. And maybe they just feel like this is the black guy who did it because black people don't live around here, whatever it be. I would not be surprised. Mm -hmm. I don't have a presumption either way. I just want to be a Christian that exercises prudence because I believe that's what the Lord calls me to. You know, when Solomon, two prostitutes got brought before Solomon. And this is also a message for those who, when a person dies at the hands of a police officer, no matter the race, if they have a criminal record, you just dismiss their life like, oh, well, it shouldn't have been doing crime. You know, because when the two prostitutes came before Solomon and they sought justice, Solomon didn't just throw his hands up and be like, man, you prostitutes, man, nobody cares. Yep. He did his best to discern and get to the bottom of the situation, regardless of what lifestyles those people live. Mm -hmm. So people being a criminal is not an excuse to kill them or anything like that. But I think it's important as believers to be prudent 
and exercise wisdom to get to the truth so that you don't become a false witness and an accuser and a slanderer needlessly. Mm. That's so good. And Meech, I was going to say something similar to what you said. I've seen people post things like, if you wonder what you would have done during slavery or during the Nazis, you're doing it right now. Like, what if you would have broken up? Stuff like that. I just feel like we, man, yes, we are to speak out against injustice, but even like equal to that, we have to deploy wisdom and restraint and watch our tongues. And so just because like someone isn't the first to hop on the hashtag doesn't mean they don't care, but they want to be informed and not emotion led. And so I feel like in all these things, we have to determine, are we being spirit led? Are we being led by our emotions and our presumption? And, um, and let's not shame other Christians who are not like jumping with us into our emotion, you know, emotional state or whatever. And just like mm-hmm. have restraint, be wise, but also you can speak out. But yeah, boss, we can't just slander. We don't know everything yet. You yeah. know? And, and you know what, you know what, Jordan, mm-hmm. is because emotions are passing and emotions are often flawed. Did y'all see the tweet mm-hmm. from LeBron from LeBron James that said, oh my God, they're hunting us down and blah, blah, blah. You know, LeBron James, if you really felt like black people were being hunted down and killed for sport almost on a daily basis, wouldn't you do more than what you're doing about it right now? Mm-hmm. You're just tweeting mm-hmm. about it. And in a week, mm-hmm. in two weeks, and this is not just to get on LeBron James. This, is, this happens with, with everybody for all different types of situations. But what I'm saying is when you make a statement and it's real to you, black people are being hunted down every day and killed, there's no way that LeBron right. James will use his platform in a way that he does if mm-hmm. that's right. really the truth. Instead, he would probably quit basketball and save black people. Let me, <laughs> let, let, let me read the tweet. Let me read the tweet verbatim. Yeah. We, we're literally hunted every day. Every time we step foot outside the comfort of our own homes. Can't even go for a damn jog, man. Like WTF, man. Are you kidding me? No, man. For real. Are you kidding me? I'm sorry, Ahmad. Rest in paradise and my prayers to the blessings sent uh, to the so forth and so on. Listen, bro, like the reality is, you know, I know some of you guys think that when you speak, you live in some type of vacuum on social media and you, some of you, and this is not, for you, for you, Jordan, per se. But people don't like talking about this stuff in front of white folks. And you white and you here. But I'm going to keep it real. You look at the murder statistics and the homicide rate, this just doesn't reflect the reality that I grew up in. The reality that I grew up in, um, my biggest threat was the environment around me. And, and, and I'll let that say whatever it was. Yeah. My, biggest, my biggest, largest general concern for my life and well-being growing up in the projects, it wasn't the white kids. And I've been jumped by white folks before under under racist circumstances. So, you know, I, I just think we need to be wise, balanced, and just. Yeah. You know, even even in the seeking of justice, you have to be just. Indeed. Indeed. Any wrap-up Emo- thoughts? We were reading a couple of articles uh, by that guy, Harrison. What's his name? Yeah, uh, D- Daryl B. Harrison. Yeah. Uh, I really enjoyed what he had to say about, you know, partiality and just making sure within ourselves that when we're outraged by things that we're we're being balanced and and bringing like the same uh 
the same weights and measures, I guess, to various justice issues. And also understanding that like, there is a movement within Christianity and I guess it's called social justice or whatever right. you want to call it. The social gospel. Yeah, and it's all about sort of like racial reconciliation and, and peace on earth and trying to like make all the wrongs right. And the fact is, is like racism will always exist on this earth because the hearts of men will always be sinful and ugly. And we can't fix the hearts of men and the disunity that arises between us horizontally because we mm -hmm. have to fix our heart vertically with God first. And mm -hmm. so as much um, enthusiasm and outrage and energy that we bring to social issues, let's be sure we're bringing that same amount to spreading the gospel, the only true thing that can change the hearts of men, if that's mm -hmm. the outcome that we want, which is peace and unity within races and with different mm -hmm. Like that's the only way that's accomplished. We can't accomplish that through social programs and that kind of thing. It's only through the heart that we can relate to one another, but despite differences, because in the kingdom of God, we all come together and there is no skin color and there is no Jew nor Greek and slave nor free or male or female, all are one in Christ Jesus. And so to me, let's bring that same enthusiasm to changing hearts for God. Because the, it can, and I'm just going to add on top of that, Jordan, like the three of these people talking to you right now hate racism. That's the right. thing. We hate racism. Right. But we, we, we also are just trying to move um, with a mental fortitude that understands that um, there's a lot of puppet stringing out here. And we just mm -hmm. have to be, be careful. And um, Les, Jordan, I, I love what you were saying there. That's, that's, that's all facts right there, all truth. Amen. I feel like let's not forget that the gospel is a solution. If you are a believer, uh, you know, you have to be careful because sometimes you can want, um, uh, you know, justice and revenge, you know, can kind of be parallel sometimes. Sometimes the call for justice can be rooted in revenge. And that's a hard question that we all have to answer for ourselves. You know, sometimes it's almost like we don't want our enemies to get saved. We want them to pay, mm -hmm. you know, but um, God has never approached my life that way. God is not, you know, like David said, God has not dealt with me according to my sins. And I don't think that having that perspective and that humility and compassion toward the heart of man means that you let things slide. Um, but that as you call for justice, you remember that you were spared. Mm. You remember that God showed you mercy. You remember that you have not paid for every wrong thing you do. And if you are a Christian, then you know that there is a God who has seen every wrong thing that you've ever done. That's a fact. Amen. And you should ask yourself how God has dealt with you and deal with others the same. Amen. 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 And, and I'll let y'all know when, if, if, when evidence come out and these are two Nazi racist weirdos, make sure you follow our pages because I bet you I'm going to be going in on those two racist. We'll comments. be all over it. <laughs> if, that's, if that's what it is. Yeah. So Amen. God bless y'all. Amen. God bless. It's right hook left jaw. <laughs>